top of the morning. My name is Khosi Zile Mashokhani and you are listening to the Misunderstood Podcast. I'm here as always with my baby brother Ukumo Kumalo here at home. We call him Mdongwa. What's up bro? Nah, what's good? What's good? I love how you always say top out in the morning and it's 5.30 in the damn afternoon. <laughs> my nigga, what do you want me to say? <laughs> top of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> it nah. don't work like that. Top of the morning is just a greeting. Top of the morning. Like, hey, what's up? Nah, like, hey, what's That's up? Nah, fair, no, fair, fair, fair. But y'all know, I'm good. I mean, we just recorded an episode that's going to come out. Yo, I pray. Hopefully this. Nah, it'll come out. It doesn't need editing. It will come out. We spoke about Kanye. We spoke about black people. So we're here to speak about black people again and fully unpack blacks. Black. <laughs> I would talk. You are coming for you, and I'm slandering. You can't cancel us because Nazism. Um, no, yeah, no. The conversation today is centered around, you know, the self-victimization of the black community. Oh, quite well not just necessarily the self-victimization but that's a big aspect of it how the black yeah. community continues to not grow globally um you know and how we continue to fall victims of this cycle of trauma and you know um being victims of our own oppression and past oppression you know we yeah. fall into a cycle of oppression and it it's hindered globally um you know the progress of the black community and the reason why we starting this conversation is because as kumo said from our last episode there was lots of sound bites where this conversation could have weaved its way in mm. right um pertaining in certain things that have been said by mr kanye west um but also you know a lot that's been happening in the media recently and if you've been listening to us for a while and if you've listened to the last three episodes you'll come to understand that here at misunderstood we're all about breaking boundaries breaking narratives and every man standing or man and woman hey Hey. come for me (laughs) hey you know but every man and woman standing on their own two feet in their own bodily autonomy to be able to say fuck societal norms fuck everyone i am me right and i will only be judged for the truth of what my intention within society is not what i'm being told by societal norms and media outlets to believe should be the outcome of my being right so that's what we're here to talk about um you know often i go into these rants but you know the first one i want to talk about uh, or the first you know interjection i want to go into in this topic is quite literally that talking about how you know the biggest enemy to the black community is the black individual that's that's true i i do want to say something just before we get into this is that many people are going to think and i think it's fair no i don't think it's fair i think it's the fact that you're limited by your thinking but many people are going to think this is very utopia kind of thinking um the idea that we'll all suddenly get to a point where we think of each other for who we are just being of our own self and i think it's in that thinking that limits us and stops us from actually even progressing these conversations Mm -hmm. um and that's that but i want to talk about yeah the black person being the biggest enemy in the black community i mean the enemy of my enemy is my friend now what makes this quote very funny is black people for far too long 
have always come to believe that black people are their biggest enemy oh facts so what they end up doing is they end up running to alternate alternate bodies means or people to get up on the next black person and essentially they use this as a way to progress themselves and i don't want to say forget about their community because i think there's a there's we need a there's a difference between forgetting about your community and escaping your community and not being trapped by it then i think that goes into a lot of like black tax and stuff which we'll probably speak about here but it's simply the fact that black people's mentality and i think to an extent it's survival but to an extent it's also become something that just doesn't justify surviving is the idea that i need to be one up on someone to believe that i'm surviving yeah <laughs> exactly it's that that idea that a black person doesn't want to see another one above them and simply from that understanding what's then stopped black people is that they've lost sight of surviving and their only sight is competing with the person next to them mm. so even if we're all su- if we're all suffering and we acknowledge that we're all suffering and we don't have certain things which we should have as basic human rights as basic necessities to survive simply the fact that i have water and the other person doesn't we believe that we're on top when in reality we're all suffering the same thing yeah. it's the fact that we don't have a running tap the fact that we don't have working toilets and that mentality kills us because it's the idea that we don't see eye to eye or the idea that we can't even recognize that if somebody's suffering in our community we're all suffering yeah um you know that that's a very true conversation that you've just started and there's so many ways to unpack it the first one is unpacking how we deal with that notion right mm. um often we find so yes black people um or yeah black people are often in competition with each other um through the belief that you know it makes you a better black right mm. uh but you know i've never understood the notion that has continued to be pushed in black society that we're waiting for you know our you know unknown oppressors to finally hand over the reins yeah. and stop oppressing us and everything will be great when that day comes and i'm like you know the conversation has started um you know is well it's been an ongoing political conversation that yeah the youth is the future youth mm. is the future and i'm like which youth the black youth in south africa which makes up 90% of our population ain't no fucking way i trust in the fu- <laughs> in this you know yeah. these people to be the future of the country we co- we continue to cripple ourselves and not, so even that notion that you know we're being oppressed and the oppressor must hand over the reins what are you going to do with the reins once we get them because we have continued to disenfranchise ourselves and break down our own communities to a place where we are unable to build Facts. right and this is not even you know some coon chat this is real chat from a black individual mm. who grew up in black society and say we demolish our own societies and communities because we don't know how to come together number one we don't know how to come together we don't understand ourselves as a people so there's no pride in our africanness right mm. or our blackness that's number two and then the third notion is that we then don't put ourselves in a position where we can do anything for ourselves we're constantly yeah. waiting so even that notion that the one you know one black wants to be better than the next black how do we go about doing that 
we go about getting better being in better graces with your viewed oppressor right so mm. if it's white society we go to white schools right we go to english speaking schools in english speaking neighborhoods and we go to english varsities so that why you can one day work for the white man and you know you, yeah. therefore you're better than this bum that works for the black man in the township that went to the black school in the township that, you know, and that's our mm. mentality so our mentality is like how can we be closest to whiteness right yeah and that's what sets us back because that's what we view as success right and i get the notion that you know th- this mindset has been created through you know centuries of oppression but i'm saying wake up black man wake up mm. to the fact that you're hurting yourselves why aren't we building our own schools you know why aren't we let me tell you something yes you know south africa amazes me right just in terms of the levels of incompetency in which our state is allowed to run right my sister is she's an honor student now in her second year at university um she was tutoring already right and i think there was conversation around her already at that stage she hasn't finished a degree yeah right but already at that stage of her being in her second year because the kids she was tutoring were from such a horrible school and they were doing so well now under her um, guidance right that she, she wasn't offered a job but the conversation of her possibly teaching at that school you know in the middle of the eastern cape had already arose right now this is someone who themselves is uneducated yeah i'm not talking about someone with three degrees and you're saying come teach our children still working for no, a degree they're still working for a degree but because we've degenerated ourselves and we have no standards as a people now my sister is a great individual this is not an indictment on her mm. i think she'd be a fantastic teacher right but not at that stage right yeah not at that stage you don't take a second year student and then say you could replace our staff you could come in and you could be the light in our staff room because look at how well the students in which you're tutoring are doing right our students pass rate is 30% per year right and you've taken seven children and all of them have been able to get 60s and 70s numbers we never see at the school how do you do it it's like motherfucker as a black per- have pride in yourself right mm. irrespective of, and that's what i'm going to go into because often the chat that comes back when people say this to the black community is we talk about circumstances but listen to the example i made you my sister didn't change anybody's circumstances right Facts. all she did was allow them to understand that they're greater than their circumstances and take their own bodily autonomy and do what they need to do for self as an individual right and be proud mm. of where they come from but also work beyond they didn't have to leave they didn't have to go look and outsource knowledge all they needed yeah. was someone who was proud of who they are in their blackness to come to black community and say let me help you yeah right and not say let me be better mina sing fundile so i'm happy right nina fundanga you don't ever meet no she just came back and said let me help where i can and results started to skyrocket and that's for me should be really you know is a simulation of life or should be an analogy we use in terms of how the black community should hold each other's hands and build for ourselves but you could you'll never achieve that 
with the mindset of current black South Africa, but black society at large. That's so true. Um, and I think, man, I always say this as in like, just the standards, man, for the standards of just black individuals is so disheartening to see when you engage with them and when you look at yourself and recognize you're not normal. I always say this as in like, for I, I look, I have a very different background to most individuals, went to private school in my life. And for a long time, I used to think like everyone was like me. And I, and I don't mean this in the sense of I didn't recognize there was poverty and stuff all around me, but it was in the thinking that everyone was proud to be themselves. Everyone took pride in who they were and their identity and their history and said, this is something that I'm trying to look forward to and in better. And I think that also extends from the fact that my parents from a very early age were like, look, we are going to treat you the same way most people are treated. We're going to tell you that you need to be proud in your family, in your name, in who you are. And that means you need to work to be better and simply achieve. And I think that's a lot of the things that like many individuals question about or don't necessarily seek to look towards um and a lot of black individuals don't look towards that because one of the things that i do find disheartening and it's one of the things that i think i fought with for quite a long time was this idea that if you make it as a black individual the black community villainizes you they almost it's so idiotic but yeah you become the person who's essentially done them wrong and I, I mean, I think I'm an interesting case. Like, yeah, I'm smart and I excel at school and everything. Yeah, I, can't, I can I can force Vinak. I can't speak Vinak. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but in all of that, it's like, for a long time, I felt like an outsider with my family because I was the one who had gone further. I was the one who had been through private school. I was the one who was excelling and was doing so many great things. But I was like, why isn't the mentality that we should all be there? And why is the mentality that we should villainize the person who is there and tell him to come back to out where we are? Yeah. And that's what's, I guess that's what's so disheartening because it's the same, it's that same idea of you haven't even finished university and you're asking someone to come be a lecturer, be a teacher. They haven't lived their life. They haven't gotten beyond that specific point and excelled to the point where they can say, you know what? I've done what I've needed to do for me. I'm living comfortably. Let me help the community. It's almost at the instance where we see someone excelling we try and limit them by saying like we see that you're doing something great for the community so now make that your only burden make that your only life goal mm. and that's that just i guess it's killed the black community instead of saying teach us how mm. right that's what the black like i don't I, I, I really no my family always says if well, I, actually i started saying this when i was like in grade nine as a joke but the older i get the more i think it's true right um and take this how you may but honestly i don't give a fuck how it comes across but you know often i've been told if i was white i'd be a racist because of how critical i am of the black community Mm. right and this is not coming from a point of privilege this is coming from someone who you know has quite literally experienced the best of both worlds but never belonged to either Mm. right um in the sense that experienced and seen true poverty right in the sense of extended family um also in the extent of not just extended family you know um immediate family falling off yeah you know not necessarily being wealthy not being able to um you know uh provide for yourselves 
mm. you know um from from my maternal side my mother um well my grandmother as a matter of fact is the one who is the matriarch of our family and for the longest of times was the only breadwinner in our mm. family you know what i mean um and by breadwinner i mean she was a teacher so therefore you know she's subject to a state pension or like of the full yeah. state pension not the 2000 rand thing that they it's not a stipend or a grant yeah. it's a pension um so it's like a couple thousand rand i think like 12000 rand now um but you know raising a family on 12000 rand in today's society is it's impossible is impossible right um but we've lived in times where my grand's income was the only income the family had Mm. um but then we've also lived in times where you know we lived in norwood attended the best private school that's you know in the country um you know so those who you grew up around when i lived with my grand often say oh no that family gone went up and went out yeah you know what i mean left the community where in actuality is like you get to st john's and then like you're the poorest kid in your primary school mm. right because everybody else there is their parents aren't putting everything they have behind your school fees school mm-hmm. fees are a luxury it's like ah, yeah loose change yeah. for them right so and then i guess that's where i come from where i say that um the best of both worlds experience living on this side of you know the wealth gap mm. and it's just like experienced it seen it but was never mine could never claim it as yeah. that's the lifestyle i live right that's mine but and then seen experienced and understood poverty but can never claim it and say that's mine, mine yeah right? um so you're somewhere in the middle but my frustration comes with you know the black community because never is anyone willing to look at themselves to understand how to get up mm. they're always looking at the next person and it's so frustrating for me because i don't understand why as a community we are the the last people who have for centuries i agree been oppressed right but yeah. we are the last people who take our oppression and use it to cripple ourselves rather than as a bone to pick with the world and thrive up despite of the oppression mm. right we look at the we look at the muslim community right been marginalized sidelined and you know abused for centuries as well right and then we look at the wealthiest communities today what are they they are arabic right yeah they middle eastern uh, you know they come from a and the muslim heritage right we look at the jewish community white people who were disenfranchised throughout history i mean we still talk about the history of the holocaust now a people who were broken right yeah. so diminished that they literally were facing extinction right that's mm. that's the reality of the jewish community they were on society was on a hunt for um you know jewish people now look at them globally right and yeah. today when they sit on the top on top of most industries right jewish people still use their oppression as a reason to do better for yeah. us right but black people don't do that man black people say me i'm oppressed mm. i've been oppressed so what can i do i've been oppre- and it's like no get up choose better for yourselves i mean it was 2017 i think when south africa um the state reduced the metric pass rate to 30% to be able to get a school leaver certificate yeah and south africans were like who at least abantwana be to bazo pasa manje i'm like what the fuck is that south africa yeah. should have been up in arms 
South Africa should have been angry on that day that how dare you put such lousy standard on us as a people right that so you think we send our kids to school to get 30 percent what the fuck is a matric with 30 percent gonna do Facts. right so now we talk about and back to the conversation where we say you know the youth is the future i'm like we don't have a future because we've crippled ourselves right as yeah. black people because we continuously say the youth is a future let me give you the statistics of this every year about um 1.5 million um grade ones are taken in south africa right and that's about 70% of the seven-year-olds in the country. We had six to seven-year-olds. So 1.5 million per annum are taken. But every year, we matriculate less than 700,000 matric- matriculants. Right? Of those matriculants, mind you, this is not at a 50% pass rate. Right? 30%. This is at a 30% pass rate. Right? 700,000 of them matriculate. About, roundabout. So this year, I think they say the number of students writing matric is 900 980,000 matriculants yeah. writing right um or at least registered to write that means if we say 60 percent of them no 70 last year it was 71 percent. so let's say 75 percent of them this year pass right with the government pass that's not all 980,000 of them yeah. let's say i don't know the maths but let's say about 800,000 like, yeah 800,000 800, of them pass right with 30 percent of that 800,000 that passed only 20% of them right are going to pass with a 50 and above and that 20% where does it come from that 20% doesn't come from your townships it doesn't come from your black communities it comes from your white societies your white schools now some of them you know multiracial schools right I agree with that it's going to be your St. John's and your going to be your Kumos and your whoever's right Mm. um your, your top schools in the country, your Kezes, your St. John's, your Hilton's, St. Mary's, Rodin's, all of the schools of the, that like, right? And I'm like, so every year, our generation only produces 20% of people who are functional. I'm not talking about people at the top percent. I'm not talking about people who are achieving 90s and are top achievers. I'm talking about 50% and above, yeah. right? Only 20% of our generation as black people in this country right is are functional in will be able to function in building society the rest are Yo. going to have their hands out saying state help me please right and people say Jose, you don't speak like that about black people how dare you come with your elitist views of 30 percent i'm like 30 percent when okilo abonayetza yeah that's right? facts you can't go to university so you can't teach yourself anything right at 30 percent that means you are you are unable to retain information the only thing you're equipped to do is take instruction take instruction to what right you can take instruction to flip flip a burger you can't be an engineer you can't build that's what this country needs you can't be an electric you can't be an electrician you need to understand basic mathematics and arithmetic to be able to understand what you're doing in that sphere of the world you you yeah. can't be a functioning member of society having had left school with the school leaver certificate yeah 30 percent right and that's only like i said that's only about what that's eight hundred thousand of us now what do we do with the rest of the people the matriculants who didn't pass and all those seven-year-olds who started school at the beginning Just you know 12 it. years ago but didn't make it to matric where are they and we do this across 20 years and they say when we get into you know um society and we're established 
as individuals they're going to say fix the country we've been waiting for you Ganjani. who do we have to rely on other than self yeah. right so and then when we talk about black black people should have been uproared in a moment like that should have been uproared but black communities unable to come together and say this is nonsense instead we say yo at least our children will get matric certificates so they'll be able to work work what go mcdonald's yeah is that what we aspire for as a people you at least they'll leave school like that's insane to me i guess i always say like look i hear it and i go in no instance do I think it's justified or do I think it's it's okay and I, I, I hear it. The only issue becomes or one of the questions that I've always had to ask myself is can we blame them for not knowing more? Can we blame them for not doing more? Because it's the same conversation that we have and we, and we can say this as going having gone to elite schools is we recognize from very early on within our own friendship groups we're one of maybe let's say there's 10 of us we're probably one of three who's looking to go overseas and i'm not saying overseas is necessarily the best option but has a life beyond just getting out of school and getting into university right yeah we have a plan for where we want to go what we need to do to get there we'll give you the steps we'll break it down for you and we'll tell you in 10 years i should be here and if i'm not here something's gone wrong or i've decided to take a different path yeah the issue then becomes when we speak about the majority of south africans when we look at our parents generation the only thing that they could do was go to school the next step up from there was like but they didn't get jobs they didn't go too far so the next thing is just get your child to university and it's because that most people don't know anything beyond that step or didn't even get to get to that step that they're so limited to the point where they're like i couldn't even get through matric and obviously there was different things the language wasn't the same there's yeah. a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff that was out of their control but the thing is the only thing you knew was grade seven the only thing you can hope for your child is to get further than you but it's like the chat is it's not get further than you and go further in life it's simply get further so as someone who doesn't have a matric you're like i need to ensure my child gets a matric at all costs really at all costs so even Oof. if they, so i need mm. to ensure that my child gets it even if that means that we drop because the next step is dropping it to where do you drop it below 30 percent? that's very true right because it's no not way. like we're still producing the numbers yeah like i said half of the kids that start in grade one don't make it to the end of matric so we're going to say we need to produce more people leaving matric and so we drop it again what do we drop it to so you get a matric certificate for knowing 25 percent of the work what did you know you spelled your name correctly well done well done for knowing how to spell your name and look, look this isn't a rant out of you know like a, a, again i don't say it's it's not from a place where i'm like you know um of privilege speaking down mm. on people it's coming from a people and understanding like for me so i grew up in a lady extension to soweto right that's my grandmother's where my grandmother raised my sister and i um for at least the the first part of our childhood right and the one thing i'll always say which i appreciate now is my grand drilled the notion of education right? yeah drilled it in us drilled it drilled it drilled it to the point where i say this till today me i don't like school guys i'm a lazy academic right i will do bare minimum right but i understand there's a 
certain threshold which I am not allowed to fall be- beyond before people say, hey, bro, it's understanding the yeah. standard that's been set for me not by people who come from the same circumstance. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's all it is for the black community. It's about setting standards. Hence I say, I went to the best school in the country. I didn't go there because my my family had abundance in, in, in finances. You know, I went there because my family understood that if we want the next generation and our family to be something, we have to give everything, mm. right? To produce something. And my family understood that. So, you know, I, I know for a fact my grandmother you know there's days where she had to help with school fees right mm. if my grandmother has to help with school fees she only earns 12,000 rand a month our school fees are 130,000 per annum so if she's helping with school what is she eating mm. and that's that's what i need to have on my on my conscience right and obviously this is not a daily thing but i'm like in a year where my grandmother has to front money to help with my school fees i need to understand that man what sacrifice is she making? She's giving everything so I can be something. Standards, right? She's not saying, but there's a school here which yeah. costs 10,000 per annum. So why don't we send him here? A metric is a metric. You know, she says, I, w- I know for a fact my grandmother would sell her last pair of clothing item, right? She would walk the streets naked if she had to, if it meant that my sister and I had a promise of a better tomorrow. Mm. I know that for a fact. And I'm saying, why aren't black people able to get to a point where we say, let's do this for each other, right? So, and, you know, I love the family that I come from because my grandmother didn't just raise my sister and I. My grandmother raised, you know, there was kids in and out of our household growing up. So there's so many people I'm unable to actually say, you know, when people say, how many siblings do you have? I always get staggered around that number because I'm like, <laughs> by blood, I only have a few, right? It's, I've got an older sister and a younger brother, by blood. But how many siblings do I have? How many people was I raised alongside? That number is infinite because people were in and out because that's who my grandmother was. Yeah. You know what I mean? That family struggling, come live with us for the next two years, right? Let's, let me help your children. Let me send your children to school. Let me, let me, let me. And that's how we grew up. Right, so my grandmother constantly chose the black community, right? Mm. Constantly, well, not the community around her, what she could impact. She constantly chose it, and she said, "I will give of myself so that you guys can see better." But black people in general don't understand that. Give of myself to see better. But we have all the sayings that speak about it, right? Right? We've got all these sayings that we don't embody, and we ask ourselves today why is our country falling apart i'm like okay it is falling apart right and i'm very sure that there are people to blame yeah but let's tomorrow right next day is an election year we remove those people to blame i'm not going to speak on the politics of it this year we remove the people who are to blame for the country falling apart in the manner that it is and then we say south africans let's build who does the incoming state call upon because if it's white bodies, we're going to say, look, they're starting apartheid again. That's going to be the conversation. But we don't have black bodies in abundance that can. Yeah. Right? And the black bodies that can want to better themselves, not us. Right? And that's why we look at other communities. I mean, Kanye said it. He said he's envious of Jews, the Jewish community. Why? Because the Jewish community doesn't want to better myself. It wants to better us as a community right themselves as a community so the jews the jews if we look at south africa the jews have schools 
that are Jewish schools, right? The Anglicans have schools which are Anglican schools. We went to an Anglican school, right? White society within their own pockets have created their own identities and their own systems to foster success for their future generations. Us, what do we build? We've got, and the thing is that people are going to say, we don't have the, we don't have the capacity, not the, the capacity, we don't have, you know, the resources. I'm like, you don't need them. The resource will follow. Do you not have the minds, the teachers, right? So, I'm going to come back with another statistic. Uh, a study was done in SA, I think it was the year 2018, of matrix again. And teachers uh, across the country, um, obviously it's like, you know, it's a, what you call it, a census. So like 100 teachers picked at random across the country and 100 students picked at random across the country. Um, obviously, I don't think it was 100. I think it was something like 100,000 matriculates. Right, across the country and teachers that mirror that number exactly are given the same the same test right a maths test and the students average for that maths test was 48 percent right and the teachers average across the country was 49 percent now these are teachers who teach matric and what was evident was that in the you know students are able to grasp almost a hundred percent of what the teacher is able to offer them right on average yeah right so where is the misconnect the misconnect is in the teaching right Mm. and it's in the lack of standards set by the black community wanting better and people who can not saying i've it's now time to give what i've gained right so instead we allow everything now in the black community like you were saying is about being an opportunist right so yeah. your teachers get paid and they get pension all right let me go get this metric at 30 percent then let me go to you know a college right and whatever college or whatever you know institution will take me with my 30 percent i do a one-year course and then i go into a classroom that one-year course i pass it with 10 you know 20 percent that same 20 30 percent right and then i go into a classroom and i teach what the fuck do you know that you should be teaching right within the black community we should be saying teachers should be the most revealed we should be wanting to build teachers right to go back into our systems and teach within our schools and once that then has happened right we're able to say now we're fair as a community we understand that you know our future generation can produce 70 percent of you know the knowledge necessary to build a country we don't need 100%. We need 70% and we can continue to build right generation on generation. But we can't be a generation that functions on 30% of the knowledge of a functioning society. We'll never function. And then we continue to look outwards and say, who's hurting us? No one is hurting us. We're hurting ourselves. And it's the leaders in which we choose, right? And it's the lack of standards in which we accept to live in because we're scared of a skin color right yeah we won't vote in the white man and i'm not saying go vote da this is not a you know or go vote freedom front plus or whatever this is not a conversation it's just you know the perfect people to look at are the jews and the Afrikaners, people who at some point have been oppressed to the same degree right maybe not for the same length of time yeah but to the same, same degree, degree as a black body right as the black body and how were they able to choose better for themselves they chose better for themselves by choosing each other isolating yeah. themselves right and con- 
and choosing to build for themselves and say that's fine you don't want us in your space we'll take what we can and we'll build where we can i mean yeah you said a lot there um and i think i don't want to say i think people either get that or they don't and this is where i say a lot of what's said a lot of what's said by people like us is either taken with open arms or is completely shut down shut as down. you know people speaking from a point yeah. of privilege who are you to tell me as on jail exactly you grew up with the silver spoon exactly like, that it, really isn't the case man yeah and i mean that that limits the thinking but also limits the spaces in which we engage with but like at the same time there were so many questions i had in that moment because you you mentioned something and i don't know i don't know how i feel about it it's still something i'm trying to figure out and i'm trying to make sense of is this idea everyone knows the idea of black tax everyone knows the idea of being being trapped by your community and it's like to what extent are you right to leave and to what extent are you right to stay and i think this is also the thing people mustn't think leaving means that i'm giving up Mm. or i'm essentially not willing to look back but people mustn't also just believe that leaving is okay but the question then becomes is like to what extent am i not, i don't even want to say burden because when i think when people make it a burden they think it's like you're forced to do it mm. but where do you engage in that responsibility because i mean i look at my own family and i look at my mother and i go yeah. if i was in your position personally i would have tapped out long time ago. Yeah. i would have fully and she's in a very unique position and so much love to my mom and for what she's been able to do and how she's able to still hold it tight and keep it there but i look at that and i went bro i would have tapped out a long time ago don't know how she does it don't know what she's doing it for don't maybe one day she'll explain it to me and be like look my child i want to explain this to you but i mean salute to my mother because when i say this my mother didn't raise me she raised she raised a family yeah and i mean that through and through and then to that same extent i'm like but a part of me goes am i owed that responsibility to my parents and is it the same thinking that same mindset and i will i be trapped by that same thinking and same mindset or is it simply the idea that i'm giving back out of goodwill and where does goodwill i don't want to say where does goodwill end but where does goodwill essentially find a limit find a point where we can say okay look my heart is finished now i'm on some yeah i need to look out for me and i also think that there's a difference between looking out for yourself and trying to thrive over someone else or exploit someone else because you feel like you shouldn't be doing it like i mm. like i think that's why i always say like black tax people feel it's a burden they don't do it out of goodwill it's not a thing of hey i see you're struggling come into my space because i can take you on here's the thing why i say leaving is acceptable right because the notion of black tax is me coming up and not necessarily lifting you with me but it's me coming up then you opening your hands and me taking what i build and continuously throwing it and spreading what i've achieved amongst us right when what it should be is giving people the opportunity to access and opportunity Mm. if that makes sense right so right now the current state of the you know south african society is in a place where south africa is not ready to receive 
help if that makes sense south africa is in a state where like i say we look for handouts we want to be given the future and not work towards it right so is it acceptable for a young black working individual to look for greener pastures and leave i say it is right and it should be left to some individuals are going to have to sacrifice right um and i'm constantly lost between the thought process of you know do i stay in the country and try work hard to see a future for itself or do i you know build myself as much as i can build a cv build the credentials and then leave and sell myself to the highest bidder in terms of a nation elsewhere and raise a family outside mm. of the country right but i say leaving is acceptable only because giving back to south africa to the black community now is giving back to people who are going to take and people who are going to take whatever they take from you finishes right and when it finishes you need to give some more and it's going to finish yeah it's going to need to give some more that's going to run out what needs to happen is you need to be able to offer people opportunity right to say how about you build yourself i'm not going to give you fuck all right but how about i teach you how to do for yourself what i've done for me yeah and when i do that in giving back what do you then do you teach the next person and they teach the next person and that's how we continue to build ourselves right so the notion of black tax infuriates me especially in the manner in which your mom has done it because your mom quite literally has broken her back backwards yeah you know been over backwards in terms of financially setting people up in ways that they you know um don't deserve that's actually the correct mm. word i was trying to walk away from saying don't deserve because who am i to say people deserve wealth and others don't but like in ways people don't deserve right your mom has set them up and it's in the conversations that i know your family has had right yeah. um about certain people and it's like and people expecting handouts right mm. and it's like no my job if i've come up right is to ensure that you have access to education yeah right and when you have access to education is to ensure that you have access to great education you know Thanks. to further yourself to the best is and and then from that extent is you know then give you access to working opportunity in whatever way i can mm. and from then on it's not my job to make sure you become a ceo my job is to open the door to say you know here's a path in which you can work this is what i've done this is yeah. what i know so these are the schools to go to right if you are unable to afford to send yourself to that school i'll i'll help you right yeah. put you through school the grades are your job right do well when you're there don't say asking for healing he says yeah do well that becomes your job to do the best that you can mm. right do well and then once you've done with that what's then you know this is what black tax should be once you're then done with school there should be like central dealing in school or where do i go from now and i say okay how about i show you the places to work right this is how you start a job this is where you start in this field of work right so where you start this is what you need to do this is yeah. how you can progress doing that and excelling is up to you if you don't excel and you stay in the same place that i left you that's not my fault it's not my job to hold your hand beyond that yeah i opened the door for you and said study this work here you yeah. continue to work if you excel which is your job 
that then has two of us at the top within 10 years. I'm talking about as a family. I'm not talking about black community, yeah. right? As a family. Within 10 years, it went from one of us being at top, two of us on top. With two of us on top of industry, you know what we can do? We can now lift five other people. In mm. 20 years, our family has now built generational wealth. In 20 years, because now the, that other five... and. People are going to say, this nigga's talking from a utopia. He's crazy. I say, no, look at the Indian community. Yeah. Look at the Jewish community, right? And I'm going to stop saying Jewish, but I'm going to say, look at the Indian community. And often we throw it around as a joke and we throw it around as, you know, mocking Indian kids when you're in primary school and whatnot, talking about a lot of them being doctors. There's a reason there's certain fields of, you know, um, industry that are attributed to certain races. That's facts. It's not by mistake. It's not like Indians grow up with a, you know, fucking tethoscope in their hand. Mm. Right? But it's because they understand the one thing is I can only show you how to be the best in what I know. So that's Blacks. what they black tax is. It's this is do well in school. Do you know how hard Indian parents are on their kids in terms of doing well in school? The standards, yeah. irrespective of whether they go to school in Kylie Show or they go to St. John's, Indian kids are drilled to perform academically, right? So mm. they perform academically, then they go to varsity. Most of them end up either studying, you know, medicine, um, accounting, and things of that nature, right? Why? Because we have people in those fields. That's what they know. That's the notion of the Indian community. We have people in that field that we can, you know, knock on their doors and say here's my young son please hold his hand and teach him the ropes excelling is your job the door's been open but now in a generation mm. there's eight doctors and four accountants in one family four accountants eight doctors what do you think the next generation is going to look like yeah. when that's been done but the black community we get one accountant and everybody falls their arm and they say yeah. and that's what cripples us the notion of black tax is so stupid because people are not asking for opportunity they're asking for handouts and that's the black story man and it pisses me off because i see it at every corner i turn and i'm just like we're not gonna get anywhere as a people and when someone says this that's white we say how dare you speak from that position it's like no they speak on it because they've lived it mm. and they've seen it and they lived out of it yeah. whether they exploited i mean unfortunately in a capitalist society the reality of it is that for someone to be up the next person's going to be down that's facts. how capitalism works facts right so all you need to understand in a capitalist society is how do i get me and mine up right and what that means is how do i get us up and how do i keep us up i keep us up by giving us the tools to continuously produce more of mm. what got us to the top right and Indian community, Chinese community, any community that is not black African has figured it out. The Chinese community, I mean, China, the, the Asian communities do it all the time. Yeah. They them to, there's, no, there's no country that doesn't have a Chinatown. The Chinese community is so small-knit, right? Everywhere you go, you're able to tap into a place where your culture is rich, number mm. one. Your culture is rich. The understanding of who you are is rich, but also the standard and expectation of what you're supposed to produce in society is rich. Right? Black community. If I leave here and I go to the states, I do. I, I'm just another black man. Yeah. There's no standards in our community. Right? 
and I've been just been on a rant. I don't think this should even be a podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? I've just been ranting for the last however long. Or you're going to need to cut some of the things that I say. But it's just like, if I go to Amsterdam and I tap into whatever black community, that black community's standards are not the same as mine. You know, yeah. they don't understand who I am as a black South African. They don't understand fuck all. But if I'm Jewish and I go to Amsterdam, and I tap into the Jewish community. It might not be a mirror image, but the standards and the understanding of self as a culture, the same. If I'm Muslim mm. and I go to, you know, I leave South Africa as a Muslim child and I go to, you know, Kuwait, or I go to, you know, I'm going to say London, and I tap into, you know, the Muslim community there, the understanding of where we come from as a people and what we need to produce exactly. is similar right it's only black people globally who don't understand that we need to do for ourselves what everybody else has already figured out build and continue to build and teach others in your sphere to build for themselves and the more we do that mm. the more we come up because that's very simple listen yeah. to that thing about one family now think if every family does that. that because that's what the Indian community in South Africa does. Yeah. Right? Indian community is a perfect example. If you ask, I mean, look, I'm going to, people are going to cancel me because, <laughs> you know, I speak Indian, Jewish, this, that. But I mean, I know of kids who, you know, grow up and they go to all these English schools and whatnot. And because those are the good schools to go to, they come from Indian backgrounds. And when you ask them, what are they studying in varsity? They only have two two or three options yeah and when you ask them why those are their options it's like no but you're good at art it's like yeah my parents let me do that on the side yeah it's, right? a, it's an additional thing it's an additional thing like but the main thing is the main thing it's like but but why it's like because in my family were doctors right mm. and my cousins in their family they are lawyers and in my their cousins families they are accountants right yeah and it doesn't mean those things can't intertwine but it's even in marriage right and that's why i respect i actually respect the arranged marriages ah no, oh. hear me out yeah. hear me out hear me out hear me out right because arranged marriages don't talk about love right get yeah. that in terms of in the conversation of survival building generational wealth and thriving as a people oh, arranged marriages Make they, the most you don't you don't care about love what you care about is how do we get forward as a people right love can grow right love can grow likeness can grow i mean that's how the british we, we speak about empires no empire was built on love but empire was built on duty yeah. and the understanding of duty right and if my duty is to my people what i then do if i'm a doctor who is you know has a son you know my son will then be married to the son um of someone who's like-minded in ambition and in standards so maybe they marry the lawyer right and then their children has this fear of understanding that they can either be doctor or lawyer but standard is set right yeah and beyond that now those yeah. children what do they become maybe they marry an accountant arrange marriage right because we have a doctor and a lawyer the doctor and lawyer say hey let's extend you know let's, let's marry our child to an accountant that family right that has now been built over four generations of other different families intertwined has built an empire right where they've only got doctors lawyers accountants you know i don't know what other major profession you have 
you know um engineers but yeah. those are the professions in which we respect so those are the standards i mean the british empire was built on the same right Facts. the reason why royalty only marries ma- married into royalty was to sustain the understanding of standards societal standards in which we set for ourselves right you'll never have they, they had kids all over the place because love wasn't evident i'm agreeing with yeah. you it, it has its fault in terms of love love wasn't evident so niggas fucked around with other you know chicks mm. all the time and um you know father bastards all over the yeah. place but as a people they continued to grow and colonized and conquered other you know places because they understood what they were about now as an african across the continent of africa we don't fucking know what we're about as blacks that's true right every different african is going to tell you something different about what it means to be african right now it's amapian <laughs> <laughs> that's our identity as a people and i'm like that is so sad yeah because we've forgotten our own religion right mm. our own heritage our own co- we've forgotten what it means to be african you know we don't hold on to any of it so those of us who exceed in the black community are so removed from what tr- it truly means to be african that we can't even you know name what it is we want to give back to because you give back to an idea that doesn't exist that's because, facts like i'm going to use you as an example right that's you facts. said that you know you went to the best private school and you've done all of this you know you're a smart individual you have a bright future ahead of you yeah. the day you decide to look give back to africans to and who to who what are you giving back to because there's such a range of what we identify as that like Af- african africanism doesn't really exist so we speak about that's why i say yeah. the notion of a pan-african society is brilliant because it's the first building block in establishing who we are as a as a people and what we you know expect of ourselves mm. but until we're able to even have that conversation and we're going to have a conversation about zulu this zulu that you know Afri- this it's like sure as a society we can have different cultures i'm pretty sure within the jews they've got their own cliques within indians they've yeah. got different religions and cliques right um but it's like how do we build as a community it's a single understanding of where who, who we are where we come from where we need to be until there's that single understanding we'll never be able to build okay i hear this this then becomes my only question and it's an interesting question right i don't know lately i've been reading on pan-africanism i've been interested in black people and yeah 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 i've just i've been interested because i i, I can't lie I, I think i've got into a point where i'm like yeah this country's nice mara there's other things i need to go on to and get to and yeah, yeah there's a lot of that um but also i've been reading on tabu mbeki because he was he was one of the big pan-africanists and comes out very clearly from one his writing but also a lot of the speeches that he gave the only question though is or i don't want to say question i think one of the problems that i find with pan-africanism is the same issue i find with true communism is that we get you get to a point where sharing becomes a responsibility and sharing sometimes doesn't necessarily mean that just because you share an identity that we're all deserving to be in the same position and this simply comes out of a a conversation of even in true communism it ends up as capitalism 
as in that we share together yeah and i'm going to sell what i have to you because we understand that we've all on the equal we're all on an equal basis which then resets the cycle because then somebody's going to share more or is going to find a way to share something that the other person doesn't have Uh, and it's the same it's the same cycle yeah does that same idea exist in pan-africanism in the simple understanding that like you have your elite africans and that's going to exist through and through and i don't think people are ever going to drop their standards or people who are who are the top one percent are ever going to come down and be like let's join the rest yeah does that same idea exist that you're going to share to a point where then the next person's being exploited because in the reality of the situation is no society functions without capitalism no fair i hear that i'm not talking necessarily from the point of view of you know uh, monetary systems though what i'm talking about is building um a people so when you look at um you know the communities i've continuously named yeah is that capitalism exists right but the beauty of capitalism is that you can only share according to you know what you've been able to build yeah right so again like i said from the beginning my only responsibility as an it should be to teach you how to get for yourself mm. right and the moment you choose not to get at the same extent that i have that's you that's on you yeah right so now our duty as individuals is to want to get as much as i can right as much as i possibly and i don't i'm not talking about monetary well, yeah, yeah, yeah. when i say get as much as i can what i mean is gain as much knowledge gain as much influence gain mm. as much as i possibly can and then teach the next person how to gain that on an equal level don't cheat them on of what you teach them Fair. right don't teach them this so that you can have <laughs> yeah, that for yourself yeah. teach all of it and what they acquire is up to them, is up to them right and that's how capitalism balances itself out even communism speaks of the same right communism in its pure sense like you said ends up being capitalism but it ends up being capitalism based on the fact that there'll be no need for exploitation because human nature is going to allow for someone to have more than the next quite simply based off will right so what it then speaks of is ethical capitalism Mm. where we say your desire shouldn't be to cheat me your desire should be to give me the opportunity to be as great as you are right yeah but with that it's then up to me to build myself to be the same juggernaut that you are and when we are the same mm. juggernaut we trade equally right but in the instance that i'm still in preparation and i need to trade with you right you are fully in your right to make a deal that benefits you because you're also trying to build yourself it's not your job to sit back and wait for me to catch up right it's not your job that's how society works it's not the next person that's why i kept talking about black people waiting for a handout it's not the next individual's job to wait for you to catch up they their job is to teach you how to get for yourself and once you've learned that your job is to figure out how to get as much and as quick as possible to try catch up and the truth of it is that you will never right if if everything is perfect and they're working at the same rate as you you'll never catch up right well not in your lifetime but 
here's the beauty of the world there's only so much you can take or you can gain yeah right? there'll come a point where things level out right there'll come a point where things level out just because there's not there's not much more to gain it's like the conversation we're having about Kanye it's like yeah he's no longer a billionaire but a 400 mil the lifestyle hasn't changed yeah. between someone who's got 400 mil in the bank and a billion in the bank sure billionaires you know it sounds nicer but when you've got 4 500 million to your name your lifestyle doesn't change because there's only so much more you can gain all i yeah. need to learn from you is how you got your four mi- your first million teach me that once you've taught me how to get the first million then it's up to me it's up to me to make the other 359 or 399 it's up to me to make the other you know 399 more yeah um that's up to me it's you it's not unto you to wait for me and that's the only thing i can say to society is like all we can ask for is to be taught how to go get for ourselves and what we then continue to do is pay ourselves with like-minded people so for me i for instance someone who's as ambitious as i am right um it's imperative that the day i choose to get married i choose to get married to someone who i can build with that ambition yeah. so i'm not going to marry someone who wants to be you know a housewife you know mm. and there's nothing wrong with housewives right the result of me marrying that person might be that they become a housewife right um just because life happens yeah. children work becomes too much and whatever the situation if that becomes what we decide then that becomes what's decided as a family you become a housewife i've got nothing against housewives but when that's your unset desire fair from inception for me i want to marry a wealthy man that's just going to feed me and my kids and penelala i don't need to go to school i don't need to build myself then that's something different when your notion but when your thought process is let me build myself to the best that i can be right and that's your ambition when i as cosy marry that individual right i marry you with the hopes of building together right yeah. and irrespective of what life throws our way our ambition will continuously work together right because even f- for argument's sake um i marry the girl of my dreams who's super ambitious and we have kids and she ends up staying she ends up she chooses that you know it's easier to take care of the family um rather than to be in a working job so i have to go get the bread you know you know what i what i'm com- why why i'd be comfortable with that notion because i know my kids are in great hands she'll dedicate her time she'll dedicate her time she will make sure that you know the our future as a clan as a family is well spent you know yeah. um she will she will give off herself that becomes her ambition and there's many moms that i've seen do that right where they didn't chase their career but they 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 pursued their ambition through making sure that who follows them exemplifies the greatness that they could have been right mm. and it's vice versa i don't think an ambitious woman should marry a guy who lacks ambition because all he's going to do is pull you down yeah right? so a woman who's very ambitious should be with someone who's ex- ambitious in the same sense and ambition without the ability to build is nonsensical right someone who's got the tools to build and someone who's e- who you know equals you in ambition or has got greater ambition than you as a female that's who you should be be looking to be with because when you're with that person that then forces you to what to go chase your own bag to go be better right because why we're building to be better together 
I bring mine, you bring yours. Let's see what we got at the end of the day together so that we can build this empire. Right? Mm. And that's, I mean, obviously I'm talking about it in the sense of a relationship now, but that's just how empires were built. I, I'd like you to pull any empire with, within history and look at one where, you know, people didn't sacrifice, you know, the notion of love or the notion, you know, of looking for handouts or, you know, fickle notions that are rooted in you know humanity is not fickle well i mean humanity is fickle actually that's a lot yeah but our humanity desires certain things right um like Mm. i say that person-to-person connection but that person-to-person connection is able to build when people are like-minded right and i guess our, our minds are a beautiful thing because I don't think I would be capable of loving someone who doesn't understand my drive and is not as driven. Yeah. In a relationship sense, right? And I think that's the beauty of our minds, right? We talk about love, but those feelings are amplified because I see value in what you bring to, you know, in how we interact. So it's the same. Yeah. You and I have a great relationship as my as, as my brother, but that relationship is also based on the fact that you trust that you know in everything that we do i hold a certain standard of you know ambition drive and success mm. to my name because right? and then otherwise as your older brother you'd cast me aside if like i was that bum that does fuck all who's constantly looking for a handout yeah you'd be like yeah he's my brother because we're bound by family in that sense but he's not really my brother yeah you know? he's not the person i want next to me in, in mm. you know in hard times but the reason why I'm, you know, you're my brother and the reason why you choose the people around you to be around you and you have love for them the way that you do is because you understand that when shit hits the fan, if it ever does, that those are the people that I'm able to dig with, mm. right? And that's just how the world works. And that's why, look, I- I'm being dead ass. I like love, but like if... I was from a culture that accepted arranged marriages. I do that shit now because I trust a culture that accepts arranged marriages when it's already been established. That's why I say, like, the English Empire was built on that shit. Yeah. Right? The English Empire, you can love who you love on the side, but this is who you build with. Right? The Muslim community was built on that shit. The great, we don't talk about them. The, the Moors. Who are the Moors? The first, you know, they, the first civilization that actually taught you know um westerners how to read write and you know basic arithmetic right those were black people who came from a muslim descent they were moors right mm-hmm. the first africans well not the first africans but the wealthiest africans the moors come from a muslim background they if they come from a muslim background they believed in arranged marriage yeah right we talk about I don't understand no Jewish culture in that sense, but I I'm pretty sure the way that I see it now, the Jewish culture, everybody, we. This is going to be a cancel moment, right? But I was a biology student. As much as I didn't do well in it, right? Well, as well as I did in my other subjects, mm. I understand it. And so we talk about um, mutations and likeness in a community. The reason why the Jewish community, right? And obviously, if I say it like this it's going to sound outlandish so forgive me right but the jewish community the reason why people often say that you look jewish or someone has a jewish likeness to them 
is because that community breeds within a community yeah right so then certain traits become pillar stones of that community because they pass down generation Mm. to generation it's evolution right so you evolve uh, through passing on certain traits within a small net of people it's, it, well i mean it's just it's breeding yeah it's breeding it's, it's breeding normal. Right? It's, it's, normal. it's what yeah. natural it's what happens right so it's just like the if we look at from a biological standpoint the quesan same thing you can tell when someone is san because they look a certain way mm. right and from that look i mean it's not always a hundred percent off because this you know it's biology things yeah, can go things wrong happen, eh? things happen but i mean let's say 90 percent of the time you can tell the community someone comes from because of how they look mm. and i go on to saying that's because when you come from an establishment that's already set in its ways you're going to only breed with people that you trust to hold fast to those beliefs anything Perhaps. else is idiotic but in the black community we don't push that notion it's everyone and anything and every, anything that anything, comes along. anyone you know the black community we're the only community that doesn't value family I don't understand it. We're the only community that doesn't value family. We we value patriarchy. We value a whole lot of other things. You know, the black community speaks on, you know, the notion of black women being the strongest individual because they're able to play mother and father. I'm like, yes, and I respect black women who have had to do that. My mom was one of them, mm. right? But at the same time, I also say, but you can't play mother and father. You're not. Facts. Your mother and actually that play is the correct word because it's not true it's not real right which means yeah. that the results that are produced by such households are not going to be the authentic thing right so and then why would we aspire to break that down? and so as a community we should be looking at teaching our men to be honorable to the women in which they marry for yeah. sure right and treat them well obviously south africa there's so many things but i mean our culture is just rooted around breaking down ourselves we talk about the rape statistics in south africa we talk about the gbv statistics black men in not not just in south africa actually this is like i say a black community thing black men hate black women so true right and i'm not talking from a point of view where i say i don't like black women i'm not that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying what the numbers and statistics tell us is that the biggest danger to black women is the black man how that doesn't exist in any other culture the biggest danger to the women is not the men of that culture the biggest danger to the women of any other culture are men from other cultures facts you know what i mean and now i think it's a problem that the common denominator is that men are the danger right that's a different conversation conversation, but black men are the biggest danger to a black woman how but we want to be up how are we going to be up we can't build together because we can't even start it in you know we can't start it on a personal level with a family a mother and a father can't love each other then love their child right it's not capable the black community is incapable of doing that mother and a father love each other love a child raise a decent individual give them opportunity now listen to this mother and a father who have come from good backgrounds right mother and a father come from good backgrounds and have lived at a certain standard and expect certain things from their offspring raise a child they love each other they love the child and, and, and you know embark 
and share those learnings and understandings onto the child to become a certain individual the child now has the opportunity to grow better than both these parents because he's got the influence of two different upbringings right but upbringings of excellence Thanks. what then happens three three generations down the line you've got you know and i mean it's not simple maths like, but it is it's not simple maths because this is humanity we're talking about something can always go wrong someone can always fall off the wagon right because that's how the world work, works but the general rule when you look at other communities is that it's very simple it starts in the household right and from the household it goes on to the community and mm. from the community that's when we begin to grow but you can't grow a community that's not rooted in a stable environment you yeah. can't want to thrive before you reach stability it's not possible every stability comes before thriving that's just the truth of it but i, I genuinely don't think this should be a podcast i think i've spoken for too long <laughs> shared my personal opinion i appreciate that you've given me the time to rant the way that i have my brother i think i've spoken for too long um how long is this podcast but i think it's like going on to an hour 30 um what i do want to say just before we close it off because you we've you've been running it for me yeah bro i'm sorry this um, one was personal to me because like i say it's mm. i'm passionate about the black well i've said this in our first podcast yeah from the age of four i've had one ambition right and i used to say presidency mm. because i only i understood that as the ultimate you know um as the ultimate platform to impose change right or to be an instrument of change within society or you know so mm. i said president but as i grow older that changes and it redefines itself and all i want to do man is to be a thought leader in our generation and an individual who's able to help communities build not from anything that you know i'm i'm just like the next person but the reason why i go on rants like this is because i know my personal ambition and i look around and say they say you know who are the helping hands that are going to build the future in which i think south africa needs is capable of building for us because i want to have my kids in this country i'm being honest yeah and i want to have my kids in this country i want to be able to start a life in this country i want to raise a family in this country but the older i get the more i realize that that's not possible that south africa is on such a downward trajectory that having a family here and starting a family here is not plausible mm. right but then the other thing is you're not the rest of the world sucks man yeah you it know? does no it fully does y europe no matter how much money you make right and a middle life middle class life Yo. here and a middle class life in europe Yo. worlds apart Yo. right an upper class life here what you need to deem yourself as an upper class in south africa and what you need to you know see yourself as upper class in europe is insane is worlds apart right and i'm just like you want to be in south africa but you need south africa to function that's right? true so when i look around and like i say my ambition is to be an instrument of change and a thought leader of our generation i look around and i say but there's not many people to lead because of the numbers speak for themselves right the culture speaks for itself 
we don't value the family we don't value education we don't value anything other than handouts and that doesn't build a nation and people you, irrespective of what anyone says there's no nation that's been built on handouts mm. every nation that's ever been built every empire that's ever been built has been built on the simple notion that you buckle down you do for yourself what the next person's not prepared to do for you and you go get yours with people who are like-minded only way it works but africans aren't able to get on the same page that's facts and bro yo there's so much you said i look personally i think this i i personally think this this needs to go out publicly there's even though i, I didn't say much um oh no i was listening i was listening i learned a lot was, this, this was an interesting one for me i appreciate that my brother. um and i think what i do want to say is I want to extend to everyone who I don't know how to say this who thinks the world is perfect everywhere else but yeah or thinks the world is perfect wherever they are is the idea that it's not and it's something that I said isn't like at the moment humanity is searching for itself again I don't know if this is a result of COVID I don't know if this is a result of the world's just been going crazy over the last few years but when I look at it I mean the world is insane the UK's had three prime ministers in a year yeah the US yo the US has is in shambles yo has so many issues and their president can barely stay awake I mean the Middle East is running out of oil so to say the world's going crazy at the moment but I think it's in crisis that we get to change what we used to view as normal, change what we used to view as okay. And those changes are only made as soon as a few of us decide to speak, decide to stand up and speak to the truth and for what it is. I think even this episode shows you how the black community has so many issues, issues that I think many black individuals, if they sit down and think for themselves, will be like, actually, I agree with a lot of them. But it's the fact that we've become so complacent we've become so okay with just everything going wrong and i say this for even the people at the for even the people at the top we can't be okay with what's happening anymore Mm -hmm. we can't be okay with not being able to question the things that we've just made normal we need to get back to a world where we question everything i mean as much as people think this is going to sound crazy I would l- rather live 200 years ago where Christianity and science were things that we were questioning simply because we had different beliefs. Mm-hmm. But we were questioning them at the end of the day. We were questioning things simply because we understood that to progress as a society, we had to unpack what we know and what we didn't know. And that's where we need to move going forward. We need to fully, together as people, unpack what we think we know because it's in that that we find out that we don't know a lot you're dropping crazy (laughs) and i think that's the beauty of it all i mean i say this to people who are even outside of the black community and lack a community i also don't think a lot of people find that to be true and it's the reason i created this project is we simply need to understand and find each other for who we are how we move forward how we engage with each other because at the end of the day we're one community we shouldn't be pan-africanists we shouldn't be westerners we shouldn't be americans essentially we should all be humans functioning under one world 
and not accepting anyone's struggle or anyone's demise simply for what it is to that same extent we're animals i mean we're homo sapiens surviving is in our nature and i don't think we should we should be ashamed of the fact that we want to survive but we shouldn't be prideful in the fact that we're surviving at the extent of another human because we are one community and yo yeah this has been crazy man it's been a crazy one hour when if you listen all this way bro you're gonna hear crazy thoughts crazy knowledge and i think there'll be I, i'll definitely chop this up and clip it and you'll see parts of it go on instagram and stuff just because i think there's a lot of interesting stuff that needs to be heard yeah um but at the end of the day all i ask everyone is to find your home man and make your home stable build your home yeah I think if that's one thing I've taken away is build your home and teach people about your home. Mm. Be prideful in your home and just accept you for you and find that family. As much as that might sound hard and I know there's people out there who are struggling who feel that they don't have their don't have their wits about themselves. I'm telling you somewhere out there there's someone who wants to be a part of your home, wants to create that family and wants to grow with you. I'm not saying take them with open arms because that means you'll take anyone and I think there's still a lot of stuff you have to think about and consider but when you find that person cherish that person move forward with that person and go forward not only to help yourself but to help the community around you that's me I think I've spoken extensively um on this topic so if you're happy for me to close it off my brother I must say top of the morning top of the morning top of the morning you know you are listening to the misunderstood podcast and finally we begin to unpack conversations which for so long have you know continued to be cast aside and we say enough is enough on this podcast we have started this platform or founded by my brother here so that as a generation we can truly say we are no longer misunderstood